0: I think about us, the three of us, what we could be. I think about it all the time.
1: Please,
2: it's dear.
0: No, it's
1: not. I know Jim. She's my friend. I care about her. How's your day going? You look pretty. Thanks. I wore it just for you.
3: Her father's a driver named Nick. He helped me
4: to survive. Yes, you can, because I can't lose you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you what about you? Your girlfriend is a badass.
5: Welcome to Above the Garage, a Nick and June, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. This is part of our series of kickoff episodes, one of which is spoiler-free. It is not this one. So if you're new to the show, thinking about doing the rewatch with us, go ahead and find our spoiler-free kickoff to learn a little bit about us, about the show, why we love it, and what we plan to do in a week when we start season one, episode one. We hope you watch with us. This episode is geared more towards longtime Nick and June fans, such as ourselves. Um, Season four was amazing, and we just want to kind of revel in the treasure trove that it was before we clean the slate and start over. So, and quick note about the fact that we got season four at all, Uh, thank you to the cast and crew for being willing to film during a pandemic and leave your loved ones to isolate and... Go through a billion protocols, rewriting scenes to have less people in them so it's safe. Uh, it's just really incredible that you did that, and you hit it out of the park. It was the best season of the best show. So, and after a long new TV drought, uh, we really appreciated it. Uh, special thanks to Elizabeth Moss and Max Minghella who bring life and love to the characters of Nick and June. Uh, your chemistry is amazing. We hope to see a lot, a lot more of it. Uh, in season five, maybe some uh, quality time together. Uh, So who are we? We are just fans from across the world that ended up talking a lot during the pandemic. You know, it's an isolating, stressful time. And we just kind of focused on stuff that made us happy, like the show, talking about the show, um, Nick and June. And the Osborne community is just such a friendly happy, um, great space, which the internet is not always. So um, we just kind of wanted to share that with other Nick and June fans from across the world. I know you're out there. Um, There are other Handmaid's Tale podcasts out there and they're amazing and you should listen to them like we do. The difference between theirs and ours is that maybe they were a little more suspicious of the character of Nick Blaine from the outset than we were. And I think that produces a very different viewing experience, and hopefully there's a space for a discussion from our perspective. Um, To us, he's a pretty straightforward, good-hearted guy, um, certainly in a terrible situation, but his motivations we never really questioned. So we were able to enjoy the relationship between them the whole time, and it's been really great. Uh, So Above the Garage was born, and it was very nearly oranges and tuna. Turns out a pretty large component of our group has a strong aversion to tuna, much like Nick Blaine, to the point where they don't want to hear the word. So that was a problematic title for our podcast, and we are all very happy with Above the Garage now. A special shout out to our European participants who are starting this recording at 2 a.m. Your dedication to the cause is appreciated. All right. I think we are ready to dig into our favorite season four moments. Just a wrap on season four.
0: Uh, Do we uh, do we pray first?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's do a round of introductions first. Hi, I'm
6: Tina.
1: Hi, I'm Marigold.
6: Hi, I'm Dee Dee. Hi, I'm Wanda. Hello, I'm Rachel. Hi, I'm Julia. Hi, I'm Violet. Hi, I'm Scarlet. Hi, I'm Ginger. And I'm Kate.
5: Um, Tina, do you want to start with your favorite season four? What's your favorite part about season four?
7: So my favorite part... Um, At the start of the season, if you had said, Tina, if you have every dollar in the world and you can have one thing in the season, I would have chosen Nick to see Holly, but I didn't think we would get it. So I took my expectations and I said, maybe he'll see a picture. Mm -hmm. And then I lowered it even further than that. And I was like, maybe he'll just ask how she is. Like he'll see June and he'll be like, hey, how's the baby? And then we got to 409 and she was at the meeting. And not only did he you know, say her name and call her sweetheart, but he brought her a toy and he smiled at her and he laughed at her and he held her little hand. And it was the best thing. Like that meeting was already perfect, right? But then it delivered what is my favorite moment on that show with them especially is the moment of normalcy. They've built this family in this place where they should not exist, and yet they do, and they get to be together and be a family. And it was just like, like Chef's kiss, perfect gold stars.
5: And they hit it so sneakily. I also, um, I admired that showing us the promo without the stroller in it. Oh I did not God. ever see that coming.
0: <laughs> no, like the listeners can't see us all just like deep nodding with our like prayer hands in the air. We're just <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um one thing i loved about that scene tina was um Nick's, nick blaine's character is so consistent throughout the way max plays him right like he doesn't grab the baby and put him put her on his lap and say i'm your father you must touch me he asks the toddler he gives the toddler bodily agency right he goes like do you want to come say hi uh-huh. and the toddler's like who the hell is this stranger which is accurate <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. and then yeah. june's like sorry she's never gonna do what you say kind of like me and it's this beautiful moment like but it, it's consistent he doesn't force himself on women's bodies even when they're toddlers i thought that was fucking beautiful yeah
2: he What's... never crosses boundaries even with his kid
0: right no exactly yeah Mm-mm.
7: so That was my moment. Um, Marigold, I think you want to talk about Nick and Lawrence, which is very, very exciting. (laughs) Yes.
1: Um, Yeah, so there are a lot of great Lawrence and Nick moments. Um, The one that I like specifically kind of wrote about. um, So somewhere online, somebody said that the bridge scene in episode three Felt like a little bit like a bride walking to her groom. Yes,
2: definitely. yes. I so definitely.
1: then, when I was watching it again with like Nick and Lawrence in their armchairs, it kind of felt like like a man asking his wife's father for permission to like yes. marry her, like like a father-in-law kind of relationship. Totally. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then obviously. <laughs> episode 10 just like the whole other other bridge scene oh, um yes. <laughs> where you know um lawrence is like talking to fred and then like i don't know and like i i kind of suspected that nick was there but the, like when he jumped out of like the, not jumped but when he came yeah. out of the car it was
0: like i don't know he
5: flips his collar yeah
0: dude, dude. yeah Nick is a powerful guy behind the scenes. And we have not gotten to see any of the details yet. Right. Um, And but he's such a noob politician, like he's clearly like the first year senator, you know, and like all the other senators have like, you know, legacy like they've all been there forever and shit. Nick's like there on day one and they have that little vote. Right. And he's like, hey, Lawrence, I'm going to fuck you over in front of everybody. Ha ha. And he's then he's like, he's like, sorry, buddy, politics, you know the next time they're in that council chamber, Lawrence has back channeled with all of his friends and he's like, Oh no, son, you're actually going to bomb your girlfriend. Cause you said she wasn't <laughs> in Chicago. Mm-hmm. How about them apples motherfucker. And, and Nick's like, I would very much like to not bomb my girlfriend. And, and Lawrence is like, <laughs> Politics buddy. Sorry. Um, like, you know, yeah, that's the cost that of doing hilarious. business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the cost of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I love about Nick and Lawrence <clears throat> was like, Nick is not a bad dude right like and he knows that the eyes do bad things to break people like he said to June in season one right he's like please don't fuck around with them tell them what they want to know like it'll stop when you tell them where the handmaids are and he and right before she goes to get tortured he's like tell them where the fuck the handmaids are and it'll be over um but he knows she won't do that so anyway he goes to Lawrence and he's like number one you have to help me or I'll throw your ass back in jail okay number two like I don't know what to do to make this stubborn woman like defend herself because she won't because she's a she's a sacrificial hero right and lawrence is this og in gilead right and he knows the horrible things you do to break people like i don't know torturing their children in front of them for example and um that was such a beautiful scene because like it is something nick could not possibly have conceived of is like oh yeah they could torture hannah that'll get that'll break her it's like nick's like uh, it's that's why when when he sees her on the bridge he's like i am so sorry hannah's home and she's like i don't want to talk about it you know like i'm dissociating right now i just want to see you whatever but like i loved that where nick's like you have and that's why lawrence was hesitant right lawrence is like nick's like you have to get her out of there he's like i don't want to do that shit. and the thing is um at that dinner table remember he goes like this i was hoping we could avoid this part like they, they actually had hannah he was not bluffing and they yeah. would have hurt hannah and that would have been really bad you know so like lawrence was lawrence is this dreamer this lover right he loved his wife but he's also like a pragmatist. a cold yep. motherfucker too mm-hmm. he's a gangster you know
5: yeah and that kind of ties into my i thought the most interesting part of season four was the dichotomy between um, Luke and Nick and the way they treat June, specifically the, the giving and taking of agency. Definitely. Um, Gilead's taken June's agency for seven years, apparently, according to the chip line. Um, <laughs> and Nick makes it like his life mission from the outset to give her agency every opportunity he has, mm-hmm. even if it's gonna get him killed, you know, season two at the Globe. He gives her the keys, he gives her the gun. There's a 0% chance if she drives out of there that either of them survive. She doesn't even know where Hannah is, but she's going to go get Hannah and take her to Canada. It's just her being her impulsive, like crazy self. And he knows that. And I love her for that. And he loves her for that. And he's just like, you got to I got, I'm going to give you the keys and you're going to make the right decision, hopefully. And she does. So he always gives her agency. Um, in season four, even like it comes to a head, like, at the end of episode two, when Nick captures her. So obviously Gilead has figured out where she is. They're going to send somebody to get her. And he knows how crazy his girlfriend is and that she's going to go down in like a blaze of fire. So he volunteers to go get her, right? He volunteers to capture her just to keep her alive. He just wants to keep his girlfriend alive. So he gets there and he's, and she's got a gun within her reach. He could kick the gun away, but instead he kneels down next to her. And he says, I'm trying to keep you alive. And he taps her shoulder and that's like their thing. They're touching, you know, they connect, the world falls away and then she changes her mind.
0: Right, with a stubborn woman like that, if you tell her what to do, if you tell me what to do, if you tell a toddler what to do, screaming, tears, we all know. We're not gonna do, like, if you said you cannot leave the Boston Globe, I'd go fucking watch me, you know, and I'd drive off and get shot. And Nick, <laughs> exactly. Nick is like, Nick is like, you're gonna need this gun think a few chess moves ahead. And she's like, why did he give me his gun? Because if I drive, cause they're going to fucking shoot me. Whoops. whoops. <laughs> you and don't know, even know where Hannah is, but he lets her make the decision. Yeah, always. And, from- and mm-hmm. then
5: you fast forward to Luke in Canada and she's got this testimony, um, with the Waterfords. She's asked him at least twice not to go. And it's a very personal, painful thing. And he goes and, um, you know, someone that's been a victim of that kind of treatment for seven years and you get back to your husband and he, he treats you like that. Um, that's that's fairly unforgivable to me. Uh, yeah, I was I was shocked, yeah. even though we've seen Luke be that way, um, and I know he's not malicious, but he is that way a lot.
6: And he kind of did it the last minute too. Like it's not like she knew that, ahead of yeah. time. I mean, she's about to go up there and she sees him, but she can't say anything to him.
5: Right. Fast forward to the finale, and she's like, Luke, I can't live with Fred getting out. Um, I'm gonna put him on the wall, and he dismisses her and you know apparently she calls nick and i would give at least like three or four of my fingers to hear this call by the way but um <laughs> she calls yeah, nick great. and he's already like fred's going to gilead at this point he's gonna die soon but she's like hey um i actually want to kill him myself mm-hmm. is that cool and he's like yeah uh when do you want to meet
0: yeah next so, week I, got <laughs> yep, I got you.
5: yeah even though it's gonna risk his life totally he prioritizes her agency over Always. his own life and Always. that's like beautiful yeah, <laughs> i mean consistent that's unbelievable yeah.
2: can i just say what my favorite moment is uh, yes. from season four yeah. um well actually i don't have a particularly uh favorite moment but what i i i'm most happy about is that nick and june's love was shown to be um stronger than ever outside of gilead there's a lot of talk about them yes. not being able to survive outside mm-hmm. of gilead yes. but Season four proved that that was not true. So that's my most most happiest moment. Yeah, because they
5: survived so much. Their love survived his marriage her, you know, his promotion to commander. They've moved to different houses. He's been sent to Chicago. They haven't seen each other forever. They've only seen each other for minutes at a time. The big question was always. But what happens when she gets to Canada? What happens if she gets back to Luke? And that question was answered pretty clearly. Yes. And I, I agree with you, Wanda. That is actually ultimately my favorite part of season four.
2: Yeah. All
6: right. So my favorite part of season four, um, you know, basically I loved every Nick and June scene, but my favorite scene was the bridge scene at the end of episode three. Um, I don't think I've ever cried so hard at anything that I've ever seen on TV. Like I had to keep pausing and rewinding so I could actually see what was on the screen. Cause it was just so beautiful. Um, but you know, I really love that scene because, you know, first of all, Nick and June haven't seen each other at this point in at least six months. Like the timeline on the show is a little wonky, but I think I would say it's at least been six months since they've seen each other. And that was in D.C. And at that point, Serena had told June about Nick's um, participation in the, uh, you know, the beginning of Gilead. So she was doubting him. So she the next time she sees him is when... He's arresting her and bringing her to the eyes to be tortured. Um, So, this bridge scene could not, you know, it could have ended, it could have gone anyway. And I think Nick took a risk meeting her there, which is not surprising because Nick would risk anything to see her. You know, I feel like she could have easily just yelled at him or walked away or ignored him, but she didn't. And not only did she not do that, she was vulnerable with him, like because he's the only person. In the world really who truly understands her and who she can be herself with and my absolute favorite part was their mutual i love you after their beautiful kiss um you know i think it's i think it was a really pivotal moment in their relationship because they've said i love you to each other before but this is the first time they've said it at the same time so back in season two nick told her twice that he loved her But she wasn't ready. I think she definitely loved him back, but she wasn't ready emotionally to say it to him. You know, I think with her guilt over Luke and just fear and all kinds of emotions. Um, So then she told him that she loved him in the finale of season two, but he was too overwhelmed with his guilt and his grief over Eden and the fact that he's holding his baby daughter for the first time and what may be the only time he gets to hold her. So I think it's really just moving that they say it at the same time. And not only do they say it, but I feel like it was like a full body, I love you. Like they had the infamous forehead touch and their faces are pressed together and they're staring into each other's eyes. Um, so I just, I really love that. And then I, I think it kind of, you know, it, it's even enhanced further because of the symbolism of what being on a bridge means. Um, you know, a bridge symbolizes transition. And I think this scene in general was a big transition in their relationship. And I think you can look at that in lots of different ways. You can see it as their past and their future and the bridge is kind of like their present because they're, they're truly in the moment in that scene. Like they don't give a fuck that there's guardians and a truck full of handmaids and Aunt Lydia sitting there watching them they just don't care. They just want to be together. Um, and you can also look at it as, you know, he's a commander, she's a handmaid, but the Brit, you know, they're on different sides of this war, but in real life, we know that they're on the same side. So like the bridge can kind of look at, you know, it kind of, you can look at it that way too. So I think there's lots of different ways, but I think it's just very symbolic and the whole scene feels very hopeful, like with the music and the lighting and, and the fact that they're saying, I love you. Um, and then also, I just really love the wedding imagery of that whole scene. Um, you know, Nick is in a suit standing at the end of the bridge like he's standing at an altar and she's in a long dress walking down a long path that looks like an aisle and they're saying, I love you and kissing. So I feel like, you know, we're never gonna see a wedding on the show. I mean, let's be real. So I think this is the closest we're gonna get to that kind of commitment to each other. So I just really love that. And honestly, that was a scene that I never really thought we would get to see on The Handmaid's Tale. So it made me happy.
5: That was all really beautiful. You, you <laughs> said all that in way you know, I love that scene too, but the way you put it all was brilliant. <laughs> and yeah, like oh. the shot, the shot from behind him too, like kind of like the groom waiting, you know, like the back mm-hmm. of his neck, which. We know Lizzie appreciates, um, <laughs> but it was very wedding-like, and yeah, loved it too. Good choice.
6: And I, you know, I oh. saw somebody point out somewhere that when Nick is in the uh, the van unhooking her from her handcuffs, and he gets down on his knee, like that's kind of another wedding imagery. And then, <laughs> you know, her meeting with Lawrence in the facility, like he's kind of like her father and Mm -hmm. Nick, you know kind of like Nick's father-in-law so I feel like there's just a lot of that and again I think that's the closest we're ever going to get to see to a wedding in the show it's such
5: a uniquely Gilead proposal in a back of the eye van (laughs) um, there's
3: there's also the parallel when Nick and and Commander Lawrence are talking when he says she's never coming back to you she's never coming back to you Mm -hmm. and he says I know and uh, she does she actually comes back running because um, like Ginger, that's also my favorite scene. Um, I think we talked about it um, mm-hmm. when we were discussing um, season four. That's, I mean, I have a lot of favorite scenes, but I also like that one from a lot of the reasons she said. Um, but I think it's something that really shocked me of that scene was the fact that June didn't really lash out at him. like Like you said, the last thing she heard was that she went, he went off to the front to fight. She didn't even know if he was alive or not. And um, she gets the news that he was a member of this sense of Jacob and that he was a willing participant in the war. And when she sees him again, he's basically capturing her. Um, And that scene alone is there's a lot of of facial detail because she's trusting him, even though she's a little scared, just the fact that he's there, um, she's, she, she trusts him, so that's why she lets go of the gun. Because if we go back to season three, um, she was already suicidal. June didn't know she was gonna make it after the Angel's flight. At the finale of season three, she sacrifices herself so that the, the plane can take off. So she really wasn't um, expecting to get much farther. Um, so I'm pretty sure if Nick wouldn't have been there, she would just grab the gun and she would be dead and we will have no show. But when when she comes out of the van and she looks up and she sees him, it's fascinating to me that she looks peaceful. There goes my Spanish accent. <laughs> um, she looks very peaceful when she sees him. She's not mad. I thought she was going to be mad. I thought she was going to like lash out like she's done before. But she like tilts her head to the side and, and she smiles and she looks very peaceful and very content that it's him that's there. But he's... Um, nervous he's he doesn't know what to expect but he still wanted to be there and wanted to let her know that Hannah was okay um and she really cuts him off and doesn't let him finish the sentence of, I, I'm sorry I, I did what I could to keep you alive and she tells him to stop just because she she really she knows that she came to the realization that that he did what he did period that's what Gilead does you have to do fucked up shit to save the people that you love and she's done fucked up shit. So they're on the same level. And I really like that they show that, that she understands that he didn't do anything wrong. And when she's vulnerable, that's when he gets close to her because they were separated a little bit. And it's not only when she like falls apart that he gets close to her to anchor her and to tell her, no, you know, Hannah loves you. I love you. And this is what I really enjoy of the scene is he hears a van come and and you can see kind of like the dynamic shift between them because he looks back and he's completely like distraught because his time's up and he's not good with words. And I'm pretty sure he wanted to say a lot of things but he couldn't, the van's there to get her. And as he's looking back, she's nodding. She's kind of like building herself up because she knows that if she doesn't go he's gonna do something stupid. And I like how they switched that dynamic there. And that's why she pushes off and she leaves because she doesn't want to get him killed either. Um, and obviously then they kiss and it was, it was a great, great scene. But I, I really, when I analyzed that scene after seeing it, I, I really enjoyed noticing that she really knows that he literally will do anything for her. Like she tells Luke in that cringy scene that we'll probably discuss a little later. <laughs>
5: I think it's interesting too in that scene Yeah, the, the only person she's ever vulnerable with at this point is Nick. I mean, not even her mm-hmm. fellow handmaids who are great friends of hers, but I think she feels more like their leader and that she can't break down around them. And so that literally leaves Nick, e- even in Canada, I, gu- I guess Emily a little, but for the most part, um, she sees him you know, he says, sorry. And she's like, no, I need to get a quick therapy session in and make out with you. And then we're good. So, um, I just think it's really cool that she's vulnerable with him and nobody else.
6: Yeah. And I think it's interesting that like she cuts him off because she doesn't need an explanation because she gets it. Like this is Gilead. This is not like a fairy tale romance. I mean, they understand what they have to do in order to survive. And I think that's why she's not mad at him anymore about his beginnings with the soj and all that you know and then i also thought it was interesting too that like after they say i love you she looks so peaceful and the only times we've ever seen her look peaceful in season four is with nick there and then in episode nine when they meet with holly like i i think that's you know that really shows like how comfortable they are with each other and how much
8: they love each other and that one second in, in ten too, like right after they kiss, where she like smiles yeah. after him before she turns around to get to business. And and when
3: she's <laughs> and when she's holding Holly, when she's holding Holly and she says, "Your first daddy loves you." She looks, she smiles. It's the first time we actually see her smile mm-hmm. um, in season four once she gets to Canada.
9: I I agree with all what you said already. Like the the family moments, um, the reunion. Um, everything around there was amazing and I I really really did miss um, I missed them through season four I mean who didn't (laughs) so um, but for me like one other thing that was um, good or I love to see is more of what goes behind like behind the scenes in Gilead actually like the political structures and um, how it actually works I mean we've seen a lot of I mean, obviously, a lot of things through the eyes of June and the handmaids and all of this and what they need to go through every day. And I mean, that's that's the topic of the show. Yeah. So we know that. And but I think to understand like all of this better. It's also like nice to see like who's actually in charge, like who who invented all of those things and and who's making decisions there like and um, we got a little of those glimpses in previous seasons with um yeah with fred and serena and june visiting dc with the head commanders and of course like when when they had these little meetings in Lawrence house and all of this but um the thing that that changed in this season is that we got also a glimpse at at lydia and the other aunts like i think it's 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 a throwback too, or like, like a, not a throwback, um, like a glimpse into Testaments, I think, because we, we like house Adora is playing a big role in there. So it um, was nice to see this. And um, of course, um, anything that Nick was doing actually as a commander, like outside of June's like direct involvement, I think. So this is what I was wondering a lot, and maybe also you guys have been wondering a lot. I mean, what, what's he doing when he's not with you? Yeah, June? definitely. Yes. So w- what's his job? How is he handling? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, How is he handling um, all that stupid shit um, things he yeah. needs to do to survive?
2: Yeah.
9: And 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 that was amazing. I mean, uh, seeing him like getting um, Lawrence. Like out of the prison, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's got power now. Yeah. yeah, he's he's. I was like, oh wow, he, he's he's power. He has power now. He can yeah. do things.
5: And then he like, strong arms, Lawrence. It's yeah, cool. um, and then
9: and then all of this backfired, <laughs> kind <laughs> of in kind of in episode five when yep. when actually it became clear he he's not that much power. Like he, he's just <laughs> he, a very he, good he's he's just. I mean, yeah, he's a commander, but he's, he's like the, on the bottom Whoa. of the list. Yeah. yeah. He, he doesn't make the decisions.
0: He's, he's, he's just even,
9: yeah. he's trying to survive. Yeah. And, and that actually, um, the scene, in, which is my, one of my favorite Nick scenes in the whole season, is Chicago when, when they uh, had this council meeting. And there was, there's this concept in Japan called honne and Tatemae. And I don't know if you heard about this, but um honest is, is like um your real self like your 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 thoughts you have, and Tatemai is the things you show outside like oh. to others the the public mask you put on in front of others and I think like um for me, the scene was like embodiment of this concept because like. Nick's mask like his commander Gilead mask he's wearing there it's it's crumbling when when they told him to bomb Chicago and he knew June was there it's 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 slipping right in front of everyone else and he, like a lot, he's lot. like yeah. yeah and he's grasping like he, he's you can see in his face that he's becoming sick but he's like grasping the last straw that the, the this mask isn't slipping that he's kind of not losing his shit in front of all of this and throwing (laughs) up on the table (laughs) one second
5: from throwing up on the table you're right
9: (laughs) so so yeah so this was also one of my favorite moments actually and i like that it it proved that he didn't have as much power like a lot of i know like a lot of people um tend to ask themselves why isn't he just getting out hannah he's a commander now like he can do things like this but it's not that easy i mean it's not, he's like at the other end of the country. He's not just going to call Commander McKenzie, say, hey, your daughter,
5: I mean, you know. Like, no. It, yeah, it, it, she's in Colorado. So they've done a pretty good job of taking her really far from the border. Um, yeah. If he even had any power, there's no way to just get her from Colorado to a border um but I love that scene too it's so good just I mean it's so painful I mean Nick goes through so much oh so much pain anyway um watching that scene is hard and I love him and Commander Lawrence and and I and the glow line the heart glowing line man that was so funny I don't think <laughs> anyone's discussed that I and mean, that killed me it just caught me I so couldn't stop guard. laughing I know <laughs> so did good. it catch you
6: off guard like I was wait did they just did he just say that <laughs> I almost felt like yeah, I saw Max in that scene and not Nick, like because it yeah, seemed
0: laugh. like that was a genuine laugh. It was just so funny. And and oh,
2: oh go Wanda? Ahead, Wanda. Wanda. And I just wanted to go back to um respecting boundaries and everything. Nick never crosses boundaries. And if you look at that episode where he captures her and it goes back to where she's she says, um, never don't tell me what to do in the first season.
0: Right, And he's exactly. never,
2: ever crossed those boundaries with him. That's the difference between him and Luke.
0: Amen. He he honored really? that from the yeah. moment. And we'll talk about this in a second, my favorite moment. But like that, that is why he honored that dude was, um, dude was nervous when she was in the kitchen after bedtime, right? Yeah. He, he specifically walked to the kitchen to go, they're actually going to literally kill you for being here. So you might want to go to bed, right? Like literally, right? Yeah. And and then she shows up and starts stripping his pants off, and he doesn't say shit. And I know what that sounds like. Everyone's gonna be like, "What oh, is the sex?" It's like, no, actually, if he was a strateg if he was a good strategist, he would say like, "We can't do this." Like he did in the kitchen, right? Like if he was in his thinking brain, but but he was honoring her request. Like, let me do my shit. Let me do what I want to do. Don't tell me where to go. Don't tell me what to do. He is like you said, Wanda. He's always consistently done that. Yeah.
1: So one thing I want to add to about Luke is when they're in the, when he's in the car with June, he talks about getting like beers with her and grabbing a game or catching a game at Fenway. Yeah. And I thought back to it and I was like, Oh my god, the last time that June was at Fenway, Girl. like, was the almost hanging. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, I forgot about like that. He has no that. idea oh, what so she's fucking, been. Never I never
5: I was cringing when he said that. I was. that. Yeah. He just that says episode. it so
1: flippantly, like.
2: Yeah.
5: He's it's like go- he lives in a fantasy so, so world. So yeah. I don't know. He's can,
2: never he- grasped the the reality of the the situation ever. Yeah. Right. So He's
0: never so,
7: been like, there. Um right, he was never there.
5: But even without being there, I think he might be able to grasp it more. Like um later in the episode or when fred's going to gilead and he's like oh great he's gonna go to tra- trial he's gonna go to jail and nobody even bothers to correct him because <laughs> that's not actually yeah. it works in gilead but <laughs> right. he's so far removed that uh, yes yes Luke, he's gonna go to
6: <laughs> when
1: scarlet was talking um i feel like the flashbacks were very intentional um like with june and Moira talking about um, her relationship with Luke. And then we see June and Luke interacting. um, And she talks about, well, what if I change? Will you still love me? Like, I felt like the backstories were very intentional in season four to kind of set us up to see that Luke is not the one for June. So it's kind of crazy for me to see people still support them together. I don't know. It just seems like,
3: yeah, um, yeah that- what, you, what you what you're saying is basically that that line that Luke tells her I am going to love whoever you become mm-hmm. and that is not true we see it not even in the flashbacks we see it when he's talking about uh, Boston when he, uh, she wants to put Fred on the wall and he dismisses her when he's scared when she says that she wants Fred to be scared um, he doesn't he doesn't understand her he doesn't he doesn't love what she's become the only person that loves what she becomes no matter what it is is Nick and that was clear in season four mm-hmm. um and it's and, and I it's sad for for Luke I know he waited um but it, the parallels of this have been shown since season one at least for me yeah. uh, that journey yeah. like I like I've never felt that Luke was the guy for for June not because he cheated on his wife it was just something, even before Nick appeared into the picture, there was just something about what Luke represents for me that I don't want to get into. Um, that for me was just wrong. Um, and they, and so
5: they showed that with her mom saying this too, you know? It's not something that wasn't showed on the show independently of, of whatever we feel about the scenes. Um, you know, Moira and Holly, um, the mom, both um, had problems with her accepting that as her future, you know, and, and in season four, the person she is around them, you know, I said that the way they treat her, there's a dichotomy, but there's also an enormous dichotomy in the way that she acts around them. Um, you know, she's apologizing all the time around Luke. She, she's just fully herself around Nick. So it's just, it's been pretty clear. I think at this point,
3: I think it's just the guilt of what she thinks she's supposed to be the guilt of what she thinks she has to be in order to be loved by by Luke and and maybe he didn't even do this on purpose but I think that when she's on the boat talking to Moira and saying I know what he can take um, and she's never going to forgive me it's her knowing that it her motherhood is what makes him love her because that's why he left Annie um, so it, it, it's it's I think for me, it's been very clear from, from season one, that that's just not the way that it was supposed to go.
8: I think also there's just like this idealized goal at this point for June. Like it's almost because it's been her goal to get back to him for so long. And like, I think at a certain point it became more about that just being the goal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, rather than the reality of it.
6: Yeah. Because all of her flashbacks in the first you know, three seasons were of Luke and they were all very idealized. And then she gets to Canada and it's not like that at all. But then there are no flashbacks to her and Nick because she doesn't need to idealize that.
8: Mm. Yeah. And I mean, even just, I guess even just conceptually, like when she's using that as kind of a way to have some hope or something like this is, I'm going to get back to my family and things are going to go back to how they were before I think even like when she sort of stops thinking that, like there's a part of her that's still like going through the motions of doing that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's like been so, the I mean, plan she's held on and, to forever. So, yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. It's hard to like let go of that.
3: I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, right.
8: It's it's, it's kind of like us.
3: I mean, this is maybe a bad example, but we all keep thinking, well, things are going to go back to normal after COVID. <laughs> Things Christ. are going to go back to what they true. were, and they're not. They're yeah. not because you hold on to what was your normal. You want to get back to what your normal is when you're not there. And I think that's what happened to her. And I don't know. I'm kind of like doubting myself now. Weren't all her flashbacks Luke and Hannah, or did she have flashbacks of just her and Luke besides the first time they were together? Like, I, I don't remember.
1: There was a few. I remember one in season two when they were getting ready to like go to a party. Oh, yeah, okay. when she, yeah. Was she was pregnant. pregnant but yep. she,
3: was she was pregnant. Because yeah. her goal has always been to get him Hannah. That's why like mm-hmm. my theory is that's what she feels she owes him. And that's why she feels so much guilt because she couldn't get Hannah and she got 86 kids out. So yeah. for her, she feels that if she gets Hannah back it's all good in her it's mind it, it's interesting <laughs> to me that that
5: it almost seems like Luke is like not perfectly happy but pretty happy playing like house with um Nick's daughter and June as a family unit and I mean I, I honestly that's really big of him to take take care of her of course yeah but um I, I don't know there's not the urgency I guess there is I guess there is urgency to get
6: Hannah I don't know something fell off to me about
5: the whole no i agree i saw um, that too. Mm-hmm.
4: It
6: just didn't seem like he june was obviously a wreck over the fact that her daughter is there and knowing yeah. that she's getting close to the age of yeah puberty and being married yeah. off and luke right. just doesn't he just doesn't seem like he's in a rush yeah mm-hmm.
3: i mean because he doesn't get it he never gets yeah, it yeah he gets doesn't... so frustrated i'm
8: sorry <laughs> <laughs> i think it's i i when i first like when she first got to Canada in season four, I was kind of like, uh, I didn't really want to watch this part <laughs> just because I was kind of like over the idea of the reunion by then. But now now I'm like, that's actually, I'm very glad that they did that because she had to get back before she could move on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah Like absolutely. I think that had to happen. And she now had to it, see what it was like. Yeah, yeah. now it feels like it, to try. it feels like that's exactly why they had her get back to Canada so that she could be like closing the book on that.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: yeah
8: yeah i agree and and because
6: she'd always question that I even mean, he's her husband so mm-hmm.
5: you know even if she again.
6: already knew that yeah like even if she already knew she wanted to be with nick i mean if that was possible i don't think it, i think she just needed to at least go through the motions and see like is there anything left here to save mm-hmm. and yeah
8: it, it, there's just not even yeah and even like difficult- separate from us like loving their relationship and stuff it's still like or lo- loving nick and Jean's relationship. Still was like a whole thing she had to deal with personally, obviously.
5: I think their acting was phenomenal too. As hard as it was to watch those scenes, um, both OT and Lizzie. Um, like the scene after the testimony, it was the most awkward thing to watch ever because they were (laughs) trying to make it so and they did a great job. Um, yeah, but and that's another kind of Luke versus Nick thing, um, in character, just that like you know, Nick in, in episode nine, he's the most broken person ever. And he still holds it together. You know, he won't break in front of her because he knows that he's trying to protect her. Um, And then, you know, it's the testimony after the testimony with Luke and, and June has to comfort him. And it's like, Whoa, you just came from this testimony where you, you know, describing serial rape and, all this and your husband came against your will and here you have to you can see the look of disgust on her face and like resignment like i actually have to get up and comfort him right
8: now Um, right nick like never never even like would he he prevents her from even like knowing that he might benefit from her comfort almost like it's just like there's he doesn't want to put that on her at all ever
5: Right. The only time mm-hmm. he comes for her, I think specifically for comfort was right before he she leaves him and Holly. No, well that too. No, you're right. Okay. No, but uh, the, right before the, the badass girlfriend with the you. baby, the badass girlfriend. Right. Yes. And he comes to her and he looks so sad and it's like, but he still is not like, break but he still wouldn't either. say it. Exactly. You know, he yeah. No He's
8: anything. just
5: like, uh, I don't know. Anyway. I yeah. mean,
8: especially in the reunion, it felt like very much like he wouldn't want to do anything to make her feel like to she owes him name. anything right. or yep. like whatever, like she's in Canada and safe. And he wants her to just like live her life, which Trying has be been, the, yeah, that's been like what he's wanted for her the whole time. Yeah.
3: Um, Going back to what you were talking about in the testimony, not only, you know, everything that you said is true, but um, he also dismisses, kind of what she said, because he tells her, well, now I know everything and now it's time to move on, which is Ugh. the worst thing you can <laughs> say to somebody. And I was like, oh, who came up with this? Um, like, and we haven't even discussed the cringe conversation. I don't know if anybody wants to talk about it, but like it. the acting in that, in that conversation was amazing, both on, on Elizabeth Moss and, and OT. Um, but it was so cringy, so cringy, because it, it, it made me feel like June was in Gilead again. She had this to be
8: careful. This is the conversation
5: careful. where he's asking her to go see Nick, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, in episode nine. Yeah.
3: Because he, she's, uncom- she's physically uncomfortable um, because she knows what he's doing. And, and, and I do know that he wanted to do this because of Hannah, but he's also testing her because he needs to know exactly what's going on between june and nick and I, I know that was behind it and it's like dude that's not the time for you to be asking these questions or at least you know sit down and, and have a normal conversation don't like play this mind game after your wife has been beaten tortured raped for seven years um I think but that's I,
6: aggressive that's because that that's how that's that's how he is usually you know so instead of yes. coming out like, I get that it's hard to talk about, but instead of coming out and saying like, Hey, how do you feel about Nick or whatever? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, no, he's not going to ask that, but just instead of saying something to her, like, I don't know, just anything about asking about Nick, he's just trying to beat her on the bush, but he's, he, but it's, he's making it
3: harder for her, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. making her uncomfortable, yeah. especially when I like, cause he tells, like, he throws this shade, like well, he's a big commander now, you know, maybe we should take advantage of that before that changes. And that's when June kind of like, like flips and be like, well, I think he'll do anything for me and for Nicole. And and that's when he realized that it was a lot more than what he thought, but that subtle job that he did also was just, Hey June, remember in what side he's in, like, look at me, I'm your husband and I'm here and look at where he is and, Where does he stand, which is Gilead? And I thought that was very shady. I'm going to stop talking about Luke now.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I, if if I had to, like, I was sitting here thinking the whole time, can I even come up with a favorite part of season four? Because I feel like every single thing, every single scene of them together, or second with them together, honestly, was so shocking to me. Because after season three, with them being apart for most of the season, And you're just like, you don't really, I didn't expect anything and I didn't have any spoilers. Like I'd seen kind of the kiss in the preview, but no context to it. I didn't know going into any episodes except the last two, what was going to happen at all. So I was just very every second with them together was like, is this really happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe it. (laughs) Yeah. and, And in episode nine, I just remember like i guess a lot of us watch it really late like when it airs at midnight or whatever so i was just in bed in the dark like full-on sobbing through the whole that whole reunion scene just like i think i was literally saying like holy shit out loud like the whole time because i was just like what's happening i can't believe this and it was like nine minutes long it was great (laughs) I was jumping um, on
5: the bed um, in 10. Um, my husband was asleep. I don't know how, but
8: I'm sure I was I'm uh, sure I was acting totally like if somebody had seen what I was doing, it's just we were all in the same boat though, acting insane. Yes. Just yes. rolling, rolling around in bed crying. <laughs> yes. I like I
1: say cry when like Lizzie started to cry or when June cried in, in the car. I feel like she yes. did a great job of just like portraying like, all of like the emotions of like we see like in her face like I want to go back for him I can't like just conflicted and just yeah she it's
5: amazing right yeah I don't Mm -hmm. don't even understand how anyone can cry on command and and the things she does yeah I
6: think you know I I think that scene too where they're showing all the cuts of her reaction I think it was really good too because I missed the voiceovers I know. So they didn't, too. and there was none of those in season four. So, like, I feel like you can kind of figure out how she was feeling, and and Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal, and you know she does such a great job of face acting, and you can tell how she feels. But like, I wanted to know how she feels, so I think she made it very clear in that scene. Really, I think we just want to hear her thinking about Nick. But
3: I yes. just totally I think, feel you. <laughs> I think her voiceovers got less and less throughout the seasons because she started. Not discovering who she was because I I think June has always been the way that she is, but because she's she was slowly peeling off the layers of of that rebel June that was always in there, and as the seasons progressed, like her voiceovers, which was her kind of building herself up, kind of disappeared. Um, that's the way that I that I see it, but I miss them too. Yeah,
5: yeah, I think I saw someone say I don't know if it was cast or somebody on Reddit. <laughs> somebody mentioned that it was because you know when she's in Canada she can talk freely now but I don't think that's necessarily can true she? because she can't speak freely yeah exactly yeah, no. can she? more than ever I feel like she's in her head and can't say the things she wants to say
9: but or at least I, equally I think as much I think like one of the reasons um it's not really um much of a voiceover where, where, while she's in Canada is because she's still inside of her trauma so It's like I don't know I think that that's a big part of her decision like of the decision of the team the directors and writers to not have this voiceovers because well she's dealing with a lot and so it's it's not easy to get into her headspace and to make like coherent um thoughts on a lot of things I think yeah I agree with that good
0: point no, i liked i i really do agree i i, I one of the things i loved about season four i love the realistic depiction of trauma and how it permanently changes you like so previously right seasons one two three june had some pretty serious plot armor like the moment i always think of is you know for example screaming in a city where all the women have their mouths sewed shut like somebody would have heard that but she's june osborne and we don't think about details we just want the cinematic right anyway so like um she had plot armor she was like mouthing off to lydia she was like frowning at everybody and no one did shit, right so that wasn't realistic season four she had some consequences she got humbled she got tortured she got hurt and it changed her and i like it and i love My that friends she... got cows yeah and when she yeah. goes to canada she's fucked up right she's not the same and like the woman that loved luke Bancol died in the woods when her Mm -hmm. daughter was pulled out of her arms. Okay. And Luke keeps going like, okay, but like, could you be her? Or if you can't be her, could you pretend to be her? Maybe just like, don't talk about the murder stuff, you know? Um, Whereas the dynamic with Nick is he sees her as she is broken, fucked up and perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And he honors that. He doesn't try to change her. He doesn't try to, he doesn't yearn for some image of her. And I think that's just so fucking feminist, man. You know? Yep.
5: And that's why he knew that he had to capture her like you know Gilead's found her. You know any other commander he knows, he knows how crazy his girlfriend is and he loves mm-hmm. her, but he knows she'll get killed if another commander I tries like, to capture her.
7: I like to think he knew they were going to capture her like they were very very close and he said, "Hey, let me go take that mission."
5: Yeah, because I think that's exactly what happened. Anybody
7: else
0: would have killed her on the spot.
5: I think that's exactly what happened because he knows her and he knows she's crazy and she's going to get herself killed because she doesn't care.
0: She would have but, shot at them. She would have shot yeah. at them. And there were how many, like 12 the, lasers? There was a lot of a lot. them. There was a lot. Yeah. And Nick knows her. She goes down gun blazer. She doesn't think. She's impulsive. She is yes. brave. She is courageous. And so he would, He w- so he put himself between her and the guns. He literally said like, you can, you can choose to do this if this is how you want to go. Cool. Like, you got to shoot me though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you I... gotta...
2: I'm sorry. Can I just point out one thing about that scene? If you look at it, when they close in on June, none of them are pointing their guns at her. Not one oh, really? of them. It's because nope. they're his dudes. He calls yep. them.
0: Yeah, they're his his guys. Oh, which is. Oh, that's interesting. I, I never noticed, noticed that. that.
2: Yep. I'm going to go that's back the, and watch. Well, my military, my military thing <laughs> makes me look at the wep- how the weapons are pointed. We, and they we were got not- all
5: the experts on this podcast. One is our <laughs> military expert, <laughs> and we appreciate her. Yes. <laughs> so that, I mean, I wouldn't notice that. And that's really yeah. cool that you did. Yeah i love Mm -hmm. that when she stands up and they're looking at each other and the floodlights are like blinding her i don't know something about that scene is just awesome to me
6: she kind Um, of looks like an angel in that scene too like the white light like it's so dark and then you have the contrast of the white light you're absolutely standing with her shoulders back like i thought it looked very angelic like sacrificial maybe
5: it's such a fascinating like i don't know the cinematography Great. It breaks
2: my heart though, looking yeah, at Of course. Nick, Nick's face, knowing oh. that he has to capture her. Yeah. That just, oh my God. That just. And what's ahead? Me. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
4: That was bad. It's-, it's romantic.
7: Yes. In a way. It is. Oh. It, it's
0: Gilead romance. Like- <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> and here
2: we
5: are all dreaming of Gilead romance. Funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Gilead romance is like, longing eye contact with your boyfriend before and after being tortured you know, and then, <laughs> and then you get a new red gown and then you're like taking uh, the magdalene colony but you get to kiss him first so it's like uh, also when
5: he so released her next shackle that was nice he talked yeah, oh really, yeah really, really yeah. Good,
0: like, yeah that's
2: right you gotta look at that intimacy there it was a lot of intimacy <laughs>
0: yeah. that was so, the good uh, stuff yeah Ray, do you have any points you wanted to bring up
4: um you know so speaking of longing and romance um i guess my favorite part of season four would be um, just Nick's openness, kind of a newfound openness about their relationship, um, particularly in episode five of season four. um, When, you know, he's talking to the Marthas, which was, in my opinion, a really great Commander Blaine flex moment, um, (laughs) you know, with Mm. his peacoat and his suit and his cigarette. Um, Peek Nick Blaine. Um, But, you know, like when he's just He's just, he meets with these Marthas because he's looking for June and he's really scared for June and he's just so honest with them. Um, it was a really like interesting look at kind of a vulnerable side of him, um, along with his like, you know, power, just the dichotomy of both in those kind of that whole episode. In fact, someone earlier spoke about, um, you know, the war scenes with, with the chess moves with Lawrence um that whole scene that whole episode i think shows both sides of nick really well just like his soft you know vulnerable looking for june always looking after for june's side and then like his his mask you know his gilead mask his his commander Blaine side um so i think those were my favorite moments of season four besides of course uh episode nine that's peak. <laughs> and uh you know delivering fred to june those are yeah. my top three i think
0: dude so yeah. romantic the
4: pistol whip
0: can we oh so, so my awesome. whip? Well
5: earned.
0: So I feel more like Pete Commander Blaine. My, <laughs> right? My, exactly. My idea is that Nick is so Nick is obviously, and I'll I'll talk about this in a second. He's like an alpha male. Okay, he's running shit. Like whether or not I think the the he nervous is. lawn boy is an act, and I think each season we're seeing that fall away. Right? We're seeing. Well, that, he
4: knows it's what he knows. You know the best is he knows right. Gilead. Right. He knows how to work it. Well, we saw um, him in the
0: unemployment line dude he it, somebody's talking shit to him he looks him up and down he's like you're nothing turns around ignores him <laughs> and then he fucking gets in a fight and knocks this dude that's way bigger than him halfway across the room like yeah. he, he is, doesn't take shit. he's
2: and he like, smacks nothing. price too that's yeah yeah.
9: Yes, yeah
2: that's right feisty
4: <laughs> so like, you know he, in a way he's he hasn't changed much it's just deeper under the surface yeah, that's right. of everything he's buried you know? it well he's still he that emotional well. person
0: And so think about the restraint it took, okay, to not kill Fred, to not break every bone in Fred's face when he made you hang a photo of your baby on his wall, okay, when he made you, like, when he, like, raped your girlfriend and, like, so Nick is... And Alfred
5: One and Eden. I mean, Nick has a lot of shit. Nick is seething.
0: And he fucking controls his shit because it's not about him.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: He wants June to hurt that motherfucker. Yeah. All right. And that's one of my last... So fred waterford and those those sadists right they would let like they would let the handmaids kill a quote rapist once a month to get their bloodlust out so they would be more docile during their rapes right um and usually those were mayday folks that's what we find out in the books right mm-hmm. so um fred waterford taught her what you do to rapists and you he created them that system red.
5: himself right is that yeah. correct
0: yeah. yeah so he wrote the law that she killed him under yep it's right? brilliant. So, yeah. So she fucking like, that's what you do with rapists, man. You get all the handmates together. And because their trauma recovery is not like sitting in the library, talking about our feelings in a socially appropriate way and not yeah. offending Luke, the husband at dinner. Like that's not her trauma recovery. Her trauma recovery is make that motherfucker as afraid as I was. Yep. And it was beautiful and cathartic and real. And I just loved that.
5: And you've seen, I've seen so many people, um, you know, on social media that have been abused and they... They said that was cathartic for them to watch because yes it's something that is not uh possible in our society um but if it gave them any sense of justice that that thrills me beyond you know
2: mm-hmm.
5: yeah. i just want to add one more thing that i want it doesn't really fit anywhere but i think it's very it's something i loved about season four the scene after she cuts her hair in the bathroom and she's got her hand on the back of her neck and sliding down her chest exactly the way that nick did in the bridge i think it's very easy to miss that but i and she looks like she feels sexy you know and that's not something you see much in season four of her either um and i just i think that she was obviously thinking about nick then and that's all i like that part
8: yeah um Adding to the the bridge thing, I was just thinking about this too. Like the, when you said get in a quick therapy, se- therapy session, like the, when she cuts Nick off on the bridge, like that was my first thought was like, oh, she, she knows he's sorry, but like they have a few minutes and she needs to deal with like how upset she is about Hannah. And he's the only person who can like get her through that so that she can then go on and face the shit that she has to go face, you know? So it's like, we're going to skip all the apology stuff because we don't really need that. I get it. I get what you did. We just need to like rush to the next thing because we don't have much time, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of their scenes are like that where it's like, we have three seconds <laughs> to get across <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> we have three seconds to like have like a full, like, you know, night worth of conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's so really beautiful though, but-
6: I was gonna say I think it's so beautiful about their relationship though. they don't have to say these things out loud because they just understand right Like that kind of communication that's that's rare. They really mm-hmm. have this like insane cosmic connection there's
0: there's an aspect of them that the a metal level in the in the book Margaret Atwood says or June says, every time with him is the first time, and every time is the last. you know, yes. like they never expect more. And I think she even says like, we never use the word love it would be bad luck you know and nick i think when he's like laying around his little tiny military bed he, he goes no romance okay yeah yeah like the meaning book, right? like yeah. don't fall in love with me we're both going to get fucking killed for this <laughs> oh, like like man. no love no feelings and and like yeah, that worked. Nice try, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and meanwhile, he's like out in the driveway, like June, June. I tried to get you out, June. And we're all just oh. like, the fuck oh my god.
5: That Dude, whole series of scenes killed. crushes my heart for him. Oh yeah. my god, when he gets her the letters and and he's just. Oh, and
0: he took no credit for that shit. No credit. Uh, oh god. Uh, Luke wait, got him out no actually Nick, we... you, you saved them from being burned <laughs> you, <laughs> you, kept your a, life. you kept a Gilead Maybe. true believer from turning them over Eden yes. what are these Fred you know like I mean <laughs> Nick's like I am uh, you know like <laughs> please and then fucking drives them to like he's driving contraband he just like drives contraband around like nobody he's just so brave order
5: man. he doesn't tell her she doesn't
0: ask him he just takes the letter and then he it's says funny. Luke got them out but he's he's a sacrificial hero it's not about him
4: doesn't give himself enough credit no he doesn't he doesn't that's why i need to
2: see a conversation with june telling him how how she helped i mean he helped her survive that needs to happen
4: yeah and that's that's what i want to see in season five i want to see june finally show nick the appreciation um you know that he deserves she needs to in words yeah. like in her actions i feel like we don't see enough of that um she's a just in compared, she's just so you know comparison rude. to him yeah i
5: i yeah like i love i mean june's awesome and she's got a lot of shit going on so i get it she's got more going on than he does it's stressful mm-hmm. um but i do love that nick like brings her gifts like messages from her husband that do nothing but hurt him but he knows that they will make her happy like that was who, devastating who does that yeah.
0: yeah that was probably the most beautiful Thing I Ever. saw on the show, I, I loved Ever. that moment, and I wasn't. And Luke meets him with bravado, right? Luke Luke is doing the toxic classical male thing of like, my woman, you yeah, know, back off, yeah. and he it's hits him and, shit. and Nick, Nick's he like, okay,
4: him. yes, he was so aggressive, you know, physically like violent with him,
5: yeah. And Nick takes it and he leaves because again, it's just Nick. He's like he honors people's requests when someone exactly. says stop, exactly, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you (laughs) want me to go i go (laughs) yeah everyone talks about that first we should just say this this is the meta episode right like he couldn't say no to serena okay rape is when you cannot say no right under it could be under physical duress they could physically hold you down or it could be under power duress so like your boss says your your you know your jailer says whatever like so serena goes to nick she's like you're gonna impregnate the handmaid and he's like yes ma'am and then he like rushes to the kitchen to like try to my i always think try to fucking talk to her for 10 seconds he's all like sweaty and weird and he's like uh and then she pulls june out before he can talk to her you know but like and then he apologizes he's like i am sorry i couldn't say no and june's like yeah yeah whatever he makes her look him in the eye and he's like i am sorry like i did not want that I have a problem with that scene personally
5: i think they had the power to make her leave but obviously that's a show thing versus the book thing and that's fine i think it was kind of like a
0: voyeuristic thing for the show to make it like more titillating in a way (laughs) so like in yeah in the book she goes alone serena serena in the book is an old woman with a cane she is post-menopausal she has white hair she sits (laughs) bent over in a chair and and she sends june up to nick she says she stays in the house she stays safe she says go to him he's expecting you right and it was very different than they did in tv and i think it was because Yvonne is gorgeous and wonderful and and incredible actress and all that but like they were they put in things i think to make it more like creepy and
2: maybe it was to show that she, she was actually the the power there I wonder if that's what it was. Mm,
0: that's, that's
4: true. Yeah. It was also to like, it kind of visualize that it it was rape Force. for both of them. Yeah, there's a visual reminder there. Right. Um, it was just it was a little gratuitous way to go about it, but it's very <laughs> obvious when you think about it. Like, you know, they're they're literally being watched over and forced. Yeah. Against mm-hmm. their will, and there's the physical reminder of it against the door.
2: Exactly. Right.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And it also,
5: and it also, I think probably certainly adds to the beauty of the end of uh, episode five, you know, when she goes to him of her own accord and um, the Martha moment you guys were talking about. I just want to say one more thing. I think it's really interesting how he was um, inferior is not the word. Uh, um, um, Let's say inferior. Then let's say he was inferior to them. Like they treated him as if they were better than him almost. So you can see that like he must have a lot to do with the rebellion if they're willing to treat a commander like that and he's willing to take it, you know? Yeah. School, right. Second he the second they saw it was him when they opened the truck gate or whatever, they jumped down with this whole attitude about them, right? And That's I just thought point. that was so interesting. Cause like who would ever approach a commander like that unless he is cool yeah well, and definitely yeah, a good guy
4: yeah, yeah. he was it. also yeah. he was also one of them um you know there's a a big difference between the elite class and the working class in gilead and um nick when he was you know a chauffeur a guardian he was technically a part of the working class and he had a lot of connections mm-hmm. cuz he spent a lot of time around martha's um you know in the lower classes um so you know, seeing, seeing someone who was like one of you, like a a working class person rise to like the elite class. Of course, there's going to be some like, you know, resent, a little bit of resentment, but also like, you know, feeling like, oh, you're one of them now, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like that kind of playfulness between them because it shows that there was camaraderie there. um, And he lets them talk to him like that, you know, he's used to it.
2: I think he's a a member of the resistance that has infiltrated the power structure. So I think they kind of, um, they know him, so they they don't have to respect him like the commanders because they know he's really not one of them.
0: Totally. He's, yeah, he's yeah actually, that's a great point, Wanda.
2: He's actually one of Mayday or. Yeah,
5: I think that's great. what that scene kind of doesn't me, too. Point. It would be yeah. nice. Maybe if they um, showed it more clearly next season, just. Um, I think they will.
0: I've, this yeah. is a great segue. I've got a reading from, I have my, um, the art and making of the handmaid's tale laid out like the Bible. It's lit with candles. And I'd like to do a reading. if that's okay. Well <laughs> that's great. Right, so Here we go. Time for um, reading. So this is on page 72. Max Minghella as Nick. One of the biggest casting challenges of the show presented itself when it came time to find the actor who would play Nick. Commander Waterford's Driver, June's Enigmatic Lover, and a potential Eye of Gilead, despite the showrunner's plans for the character. His presence in the pilot episode was limited to only a few lines. Thomas recalls, for anyone who had that question, we said, look, we haven't felt like this since the infamous Breaking Bad. This is something special. This will be something great. You need to trust us. And that led to actors getting on the phone with Bruce. And they were making a commitment based on maybe one or two lines in the script and max mingella saw through all of that and came in and read um and then max has a quote over here he says for me the most interesting thing about playing nick is the element of spy on spy on spy okay so spy number one is he is an eye price Mm -hmm. promoted him he said you're gonna look like a lawn boy you are actually in the secret police who are above the commanders okay that's level one spy on a spy he's made a ever since the other handmaid killed herself at least at that point right he's in the resistance he's trying to help people and i'm just going to put on my tin hat here and just throw out some of my ideas i think he's cia i think he's, i think so too wanda i think he's feeding information to Tuello, and here's why yep. so how does Tuello know what brand of cigarettes serena smokes and who gets cigarettes on the black market i that would be nick blaine right so like <laughs> that would be Nick. Blaine. who would know that she's She's pregnant. She's not supposed to be smoking. She's still smoking. Who would know that? Nick Blaine. Right. So he is in contact with Tuello and I hope I pray, please let me, let me see it. I want to, I just, Oh God, just follow him. I want to see the fucking shady shit he's doing. So I love season four because you finally, they finally started centering the rebels. Right. So my example here is Star Wars. If Star Wars was following around vader and palpatine while they like went house hunting and like clipped their toenails i would not watch that shit. i don't want to know about the villains i don't give a fuck, right like serena ball dancing i don't care she's a <laughs> evil bitch. Oh Put her in jail <laughs> Ooh, move on like we watch star wars because it takes place in the dirty back alleys right in the in the makeshift rebel bases and like those are the stories that are cathartic to us because it's about overcoming obstacles like and so season four was finally we started centering like janine and june on the run you know Ooh, there's different factions they don't even know who mayday is up there like that was fucking fascinating i want that it, i would watch endless seasons of that and nick and june like um killing commanders in the woods in like tarantino-esque like dramatic <laughs> fan yes, it i literally fucking wrote a book that, that scene. it's so good like <laughs> nick quoting scripture and like taking a long drag of a cigarette and going Fuck you for it you know like i want that <laughs>
7: you gave us a a taste and now we need it we've
0: been been living off scraps this has been like pride and prejudice we've been living off of like longing glances from across rooms and like flashes of skin and like it's been years and i would like to follow the rebels please it's time yeah i agree
7: and that now segue into my season five wishes because it it kind of goes it kind of goes nicely so i also have a quote um mine is from bruce though Um, and it's from a podcast he did during season two, and I don't remember the exact question. I think it was on the Mayday podcast, but I could be mistaken. Um, but the question was about the future of the show. So I'm gonna get out the part I want. So this is the part I want. He says, "I would so watch the show about the Nuremberg trials in Toronto of Serena and the Commander." Which check
0: check, we did that. Wonderful, I loved it. That was fascinating. It, It was good. It was good.
7: To continue the quote, he then says, "I mean." And I would watch a show about June and Nick running away to the wilds of California oh, with God, their please. baby. Yes, Lord. So please, please, please. And I'll take it. What I will say is, I understand. Like, I would love Nick and June to get to Canada and be happy with Holly and have a. You know, I realize that's not good television, and also it's not really good television to have them just you know living on the beach with their baby either. Even though, again, I would watch unlimited right. seasons of it. I agree. <laughs> And I understand if Nick doesn't want to leave Gilead because he feels like he needs to help Hannah. And I do think June will be going back to Gilead. What I would really like is I would like for Nick to leave Gilead society, right? Like he can stay in the country, but I'd like him to stop being, stop playing by the rules so much. Like I want to see not commander Nick Blaine. I'd like to see rebel commander Nick Blaine. I'd like to see him and June on the run. Maybe they go to Colorado to get Hannah. Like, I don't care. I just want them together. That's, what's important for me. I'd like them to be in a space where they can be together and just be, and, you know, go get Hannah, do whatever they need to do, you know, kill commanders. You know, I'm all for Fuck it. yes. I just want them together
5: for more than five minutes. I think that's a big thing in mine too. You know, yeah. I love their relationship and they make great use of every five seconds they get to touch hands or whatever, but God, I just, it would be really great. It's not so, been since the Boston Globe that they've had time in, time to any time and overnight or anything and it would be great to like at least give them you know a few days at a time if not more so yeah
7: so Bruce we heard the
0: quote and um we're <laughs> no, waiting' you're bluffing. Oh, yeah. you're bluffing,
5: we love your thinking
0: yeah no like we're there and like we we would watch that too and we're ready for it um mm. and so that brings me to my season five thing like I just want to say that I have literally no interest in nick getting wumped more okay so wump. i will define in the community the fan fiction community it means the exquisite torture of the hero that like the hero bearing pain nobly okay season I never two. Knew that. season two was like the most exquisite hero wump i've ever fucking seen and you know like the fucking wedding god it was horrible the eden arc was the most horrific beautiful real ugh, thing i've ever seen Um, we've done it. You did it perfectly. You cannot top that. I realized you could like give Nick an old bitchy commander's wife who's cruel and then he has to fuck a handmaid. Like, like my boy, my my poor son, my long-suffering son. Okay. He has been through some shit. Like let him go. Let him, let him get in the fucking car. Tarantino, right? Let him get in the car, drive for the coast. Like pick June up, take a long drag off a cigarette. Like and we will watch anything else you do, but please don't like make it about rape again. I have actually have a um segue here. So like we are not we the Osblanes, right? We are not screaming tween fangirls. Contrary to popular belief. Like we're real people, right? So like we're soldiers and doctors and mothers and We've warned our children
5: people. not to enter the room during this podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah yeah like right so like we're in our 30s and 40s we are actually the uh generation that margaret atwood wrote this book for because we did not actually have to grow up unable to vote we didn't have to grow up like as property that men traded at weddings like that's not so she doesn't want us to get complacent that's why she told us this story about people our age and america's falling right if i want darkness i'll look out my fucking window okay like i'm watching the handmaid's tale to see how broken people can rebuild their lives after trauma and fight back against fascism okay like fucking show me like like i did not watch season three and tina knows this like i would text her and i'd go is nick there and she'd go no and i'm not a screaming <laughs> tween fangirl i'm not sitting i don't have a nick blaine poster <laughs> i'm on the wall like oh my god he's so dreamy it's not the physicality it's that he's a sacrificial hero that was a good word okay sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> so anyway like my point is like please don't give us more darkness we have enough of our own please give us hope show me that love never fails show me that we can overcome like that's what I want from season five
5: it's the ultimate um message in the testaments too right ends on that
0: Mhm. love it does mama Atwood came out of retirement to write the ending <laughs> for Bruce like yeah. just just so we're clear mm-hmm. you're not touching my boy exactly okay? he lives <laughs> to have grandchildren they're all fucking happy and and love is stronger than death like because I because I got Tina the pool the pool. I can't right? talk about the pool. The no, pool? it was very traumatic. Oh, God. So I didn't have friends when I started watching The Handmaid's Tale. And well, I had friends, but not like these <laughs> friends, like anyway, so I was like yeah. all alone with these very intense feelings. <laughs> and when it became clear that Nick was married and there was a pool scene in the trailer i was like are those his boots like is that eden's dress and uh-uh. i get on reddit which is like a cesspool of bullies and trolls right and they're all like Fuck him he's a war criminal i hope it's him in the pool they were like looking at the actor's feet and like trying to like i mean really piece it together like is this nick in the pool me and tina and rachel were from that generation of handmaid's tale and like we grieved like i cried my fucking eyes i was like don't kill my hero you know Margaret Atwood, thank you. I love you. You are a iconic queen, and you came. You, you literally were like, Bruce cannot kill Nick, and <laughs> love is stronger than death. And that's the ending of the story. And I just mic drop. Yeah. Thank you come. for that. Yeah.
2: Well, I would just want to go back to the season five wish. Um, I would like to see some quality time between Nick and June. Okay.
3: Yeah. I think they said that I, up this season. I think I set that up the season because, I mean, after season three, when he was gone the whole season to come back and have a whole season where it was pretty clear um, what June feels and what he feels, even through the distance in Canada, why are they going to just throw all that away and give us her deciding that she's going to work on her marriage or just stay in Canada where she's visibly not happy and not free? Yeah.
2: Maybe they can be talking about when they first fell in love or something like that. That would just make my little Osblain heart explode. (laughs) Also, (laughs) that's my
5: thing. Uh, I want I would like her to talk to someone else about um, Nick. You know, he's done it now. He told Beth early on. He's talked to Lawrence. He's talking to Martha's. I mean, he's screaming it from the rooftops at this point, um, which is adorable. And I know she loves him just as much. And I think it would be cool to hear her tell somebody that it's not him and also him. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, ultimately, I would really like her to tell Luke and that it's not to be cruel to Luke. I I just um, don't think he will understand unless it comes from her. Um, I think he really discounts their relationship as just sex and and that is not accurate um but if he if she can't tell Luke uh Rita is a great option
0: please I show more Rita Rita yes. than and, um <laughs> Moira god these please yeah
2: yeah use your that, cast that
1: was my wish I um the scene with Rita and her little like pack of sushi that yeah. she got <laughs> home like that brought <laughs> me so much joy I and I was like I need to see more Rita and I also want to see more of Rita's backstory too
0: Mm-hmm. Me too.
6: Yeah,
5: right. Yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts you want to add to season four, season five? I had something about season five that popped in my head, and now it's gone. But that's okay.
6: A wife plot that doesn't like destroy his character, like make him have right.
3: another
5: baby.
8: She- no babies. She- don't let him yeah, have a baby. I was going to
5: say no. that's my number two. <laughs> baby. Number one. Yes, having other babies.
8: Mm-hmm. falling yeah. in
5: love with the wife. I don't. I don't like. We
8: did the wife, uh guys. Mm. I really don't like love triangles in general either. Like just as a general rule, don't go there. Oh yeah. Especially after you've
5: already had like both
8: <laughs> yeah. varieties yeah. of love triangles. Right, right. We don't need to do that again. Um, and they did, I mean, the eating line is
5: brilliant. It's horrible to watch and heartbreaking, and, but it was great, you know, it did. They did a great job of of showing him just mm. completely floundering and making mistakes. And, you know, he's trying to do the right thing. But at the same time, he's hurting. You know, whatever. We did that. You did it awesome. Um, I'm ready for, for Nick and June on the run.
8: Yeah, that's well, my
5: and- biggest
6: wish. I, I want to see them run away together. I, I really thought that's how season four was going to end. Yeah, Cause too. I thought maybe we'd see like June getting in the getaway car with him and going off, oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I really want to see them go underground together, whether it's may day, the resistance, whatever you want to call it. I think that would be so fun to watch. And I think, I think like they both have such different strengths. So I think they'd make a really good team. Like he plays the long game. He's strategic. He's careful. He's calculated and she's impulsive. And you know, she doesn't think, she just does. And I think they'd work so well together, because I think he could, like, rein her in and kind of teach her how to think, think, yeah, like, think about (laughs) the next step, and then she could help him, like, push him to take more risk and not be so careful all the time. I really want to see that. And their
5: romance, it's built so beautifully over four seasons. It's really made come into its own now, now that we know that she's in Canada and she's still, like, madly in love with him. That was the big question all along so now that we've done that i sincerely hope nothing happens to um less shake it up that. yes
8: no, i also yeah. just like really hope that they don't manufacture um drama about the wife either like i don't want you yeah. to be mad about it like i just want it to be like a nothing thing
0: okay. you know what i'm saying
8: mm-hmm. nope. like yeah, at this totally. point i feel like they've like gone through so much shit like she's why would she care about that at this point like it's right. just like obviously they made you do this that sucks let's get out of here yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> like that's
5: that's kind of what i want. that's the reaction i would
6: like and i mean yeah. accurate like you said they've been through so much that at this point like I, and if like she you, can understand him like arresting her yeah then right. i think exactly. she can understand a wife in a place where that's what they do you know yeah right that seems like the most realistic re- reaction
5: the, to um, all of us
8: apparently yeah. <laughs> yes. some, some of the
5: people that don't love nick often just like say but he's married mic drop and i'm like what what does that, that mean do you guys know, think, what you know what marriage means yeah <laughs> <laughs> they've survived so much and you think another gilead like issued wife is the one that's going to take them down and i don't want i mean i just they're so far above that what you were saying um violet i, I agree with it'd be it'd be silly for them to have a big like fight over this That that's not them
9: yeah i I don't think that will happen yeah like the the only the only problem that could arise is is if his new wife is not able to conceive children which
5: means he would get a handmaid and that would be a big big problem i think i I think he would definitely leave first like like (laughs) that would push him to leave so but but also i think it takes two years so i hope he just leaves long before that of his own volition Mm -hmm. um uh, no, I'm not excited about the wife storyline. I am thrilled no. about season five. I can't wait for it. But I hope it's not a huge time draining. I, I even just... Like, I wish
1: there's not energy. a lot of Serena time. I I, I fear okay. that there's going to be a, that there will be a, a main focus on Serena.
8: Mm-hmm. And Yvonne, That's what no offense to
5: you. You're amazing. Super. I think it would be
8: cool if they focused on her like re- getting revenge on June and then like that seeps over to Nick somehow. Like she goes after him. We talked about that before, I think. Like yeah. I think yeah. that would be interesting. Like if she's okay. like, Oh, I'm gonna get you back for what you did to Fred by going after Nick, that would be interesting. And, that really and then that could point. be like a reason for him to leave, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. I wanna I wanna see June get perspective <clears throat> over Nick. Dang, yes, that's 100%. what I want. That's yes. what I was gonna say. That that would be incredible. To Do something her. to help him. He's struggling.
6: yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean he was he was destroyed at the end of episode nine like we've never seen him so it would be really nice and I think she saw that so like I Mm -hmm. think it would be really nice to see her kind of you know not rescue but like help him and you know take care of (laughs) him for once like that would be this is what I would
5: like to see I like to see her make a big move to save Nick
6: Yes, like I love I love Commander Nick, but at the same time, like I just I can't keep watching him be tortured all the time Mm-mm, and having right? to bomb her and make all these you know yeah. have a wife and potentially have to get her pregnant. Like I, I want him another reason why I want him to run away because I just don't want to see him be tortured all no. the time. I want badass Rebel
5: Nick now. That's that's what's on my uh, order. Yes, the cast. <laughs> there's some moments of joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Elizabeth and Max's chemistry is amazing and it would be a shame to waste that in these final seasons. So hopefully we get to see a lot more of their chemistry on scene and we are so excited. They're going to film season five soon and we're super psyched. Um, But we will wrap this episode. Uh, This was like 10 times more exciting and fun than I, I hoped it would be and I hoped it would be a lot of fun. So... Uh, Thank you so much, friends, for the chat. And uh, it's like 5 a.m. in Europe, so go to sleep, Europeans. Thank you. Uh, Special, special shout out to Violet, who has volunteered to do all of the editing all by herself, which seems like the most daunting job on the planet. I can't thank you enough. Uh, We really appreciate you. Uh, And huge thanks to Yulia for the coolest logo ever. I can't believe how lucky we are to have an artist in our community. And Kimberly for social media and Melissa for transcriptions. Um, It's just amazing how well it worked out that we have somebody that's good at everything we need and everybody played their part. And a mere month after the idea was proposed, um, we're up and running. So Good work, team. And the listeners, we really appreciate you. If you made it this far listening to us, our future episodes won't be this long, but it is our very first time recording, and season four was a lot to unpack, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So thank you for listening. We hope you subscribe and tune in next week when we talk about the moment that made you ship Nick and June. And then after that, the week after that, we're going to start the rewatch with season one, episode one. And we may also do... Um, more topical episodes in between the rewatches, too. So I hope you enjoyed it. This was Above the Garage a Nick and June, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. And we hope you listen next week. Bye.